Welcome back to New to Medical Device Sales. I am your host, Jacob McLaughlin, and today is a special episode because I got the opportunity to interview my good friend, Scott Macon, and his fiance, Sarah Stangle. Scott just previously won the number one rep at his company for his division, which is a huge honor. He's going to be getting a trophy and I'm so excited for him. So today's episode is me interviewing those guys on their podcast, Road to Medical Sales. So we are going to jump in it, but before we do, if you haven't, please press the like and subscribe button. And if you guys haven't, could you please give me a five-star review? Again, this helps us grow the podcast for other listeners to educate themselves. I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Medical Sales Podcast, brought to you by Legacy Now Coaching. Thank you for giving us a listen. Do us a huge favor and press that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and write a review so that we can continue to inspire and impact as many lives as possible. It is through your engagement and word of mouth that allows us to grow, so we would be extremely grateful for your help. This is episode number 18, Hold On Tight. I am handing the mic over to my good friend, Jacob McLaughlin, to interview Sarah and I. For all of you that don't know, Sarah and I are the creators of the Road to Medical Sales podcast. Aside from episode number one, we've made it our mission throughout this journey to hear from others in this incredible industry of medical sales. However, we feel as if it is time to share a piece of our story. I am extremely blessed, grateful, and honored to let everyone know that I will be receiving a trophy at the end of the year for being the number one rep in the nation for a specific product line. For all of you that don't know, Jacob McLaughlin just recently broke into the medical sales industry without having any previous sales experience. Previously, he was a fitness trainer at Jacob McLaughlin Fitness and is currently also the host of New to Medical Device Sales, where he shares his journey with breaking into this industry. He has become a good friend over the past year, and we wouldn't want anyone else on this podcast to help guide the conversation. Also, this episode will be short, but that is because we are going to be doing two more episodes with Jacob to make sure that we cover a variety of important topics. That being said, Jacob, thank you for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Scott and Sarah, for having me. So excited to be here today interviewing you guys and and just want to put this out there to everybody listening. You guys have listened to the podcast. Hopefully, you've seen their YouTube videos. These guys just give out knowledge all the time that people are using in the real world that are having success. And what this episode is diving deeper into is how much success Scott has had and also Sarah as well. So please get your books out, get your notes out. Please write this down because if you're someone who is serious, not just says it, but serious about breaking into medical device sales, the tips you're about to hear today on today's episode are going to go a long way for you. So without getting too much into it, I want to just touch on Scott has been ranked as the number one rep in his division for his company, which is absolutely amazing. It's secured. He's done it. And I just wanted to sit here and ask Scott, what are the top three things you did that you feel 
made you become not just a successful rep, but the number one rep? Oh, thank you for asking that, man. So before we dive into this question, I first have to give a huge thanks to this girl sitting right next to me, Sarah Stangle. Lucky to be able to work together. So just want to paint the picture for everyone out there. I'm the senior territory rep in the southwestern half of Arizona, which only makes up about a third of the state, I'd say. And Sarah is the specialist in her division spanning across multiple territories. Therefore, we work together on a lot of deals. Just to give you perspective, we ended up selling more revenue than any other rep or distributor team, regardless of territory size, which is pretty awesome. That's amazing. A lot of times you have a smaller quota, you know, because your territory is small. And when you blow that out of the water, you're considered the top rep because you were the highest percentage to quota. That's not the case. We just flat out sold more revenue than anyone in our little tiny bubble in Arizona. So I can't give all our secrets away, but to me, the number one important factor would be discipline. So if we did not tackle our territory and get out in the streets every day, we would not have stumbled upon the amazing opportunities that we came across. There's a quote that I love that goes, I'm a great believer in luck. And I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. So in other words, if we just sat in our houses all day and played video games and didn't consistently hit the streets, then becoming the number one rep in the nation would just not have been possible. So There are many reps out there that grow complacent, I think, and become comfortable with just barely skimming by. Usually this comes from the fact that they don't want their quota to be too high the next year, which is, you know, it's understandable. You are always though given a higher quota if you sell more. That is why a lot of reps sandbag, is what I like to call it, or hold back at the end of the year so they have less of a challenge the following year with the smaller quota. So technically your job is always to hit quota, not exceed it. So reps barely try to hit it. And they may just look at it as a means of creating a a long-term employment. They're going to be around longer. And there's only so many doctors out there to convert. So they kind of have to be careful not to convert too many. So you may ask, why in the heck did we sell like crazy this year? And the answer is Sarah and I just don't have an off switch. It's like an adrenaline rush for us. And we love it. I think for me and Sarah might agree I just love to build amazing relationships with people, and that's why I do this. So it's just going out in the field and constantly building relationships with people and just building our network. Just remember, you are irreplaceable if you are outworking everyone. Or if you are replaced, it is because the company is intimidated by their reps that hold too much power. Let's be honest. An action plan, though, for new reps To put this into practice is just to hold yourself accountable to making 10 sales touches every day and aim to set up at least two meetings every week. If you, you know, if you do that small amount of volume and it is really small, you're still setting yourself apart from 60% of the sales force out there that is just coasting by. And that's amazing. I just want to touch on real quick. You talked about discipline, the work ethic, the work ethic is there because even just the other day, I decided to go to the gym and I snapped Scott at, it was like 5.30 in the morning. He was already at a hospital, already there, already working. I'm still getting my morning routine in and he's already going. This man and also Sarah, like every time I text them, they're working. They're working towards their goals, working towards what they're trying to grow here. And I absolutely love it. So I just want you guys to be able to hit that. But also, again, hope you wrote that down. 10 touches, you know, two meetings, just things to start working towards once you break into this great industry and would love to hear any feedback also, Sarah, that you have. 
I definitely agree with what Scott said and what you said as well. But at the same time, you have to be very strategic in your approach and how you attack your territory. Strategy for all those that are new out there, the strategy will become more apparent the more you're out there and you're out in the territory and you're working. It's amazing what you learn just by showing up and being out in the field. So, you know, hard work and persistent are important. However, I think you do need to be struck with a little luck at the same time. And just like Scott mentioned, luck comes to those that are out in the field. Even if it just feels like one loss after the other, something's going to pop. You just have to find it. And also, I do want to put this out there, you guys. I'm a brand new rep right now. I'm taking these notes too, because I have to learn how to become a successful rep in this field. Again, touching on those points. Love it. Yeah. And the number two factor for me, which is just going back to what Sarah was saying, is being strategic in your approach. So by that, you can't just go run around like a chicken with your head cut off. You have to spend time during the weekend out of your personal time, strategically planning out your attack. And, you know, sometimes I'll spend three to four hours planning out my sales route, profiling my surgeon targets, thinking outside the box, trying to, to really think of what I can do differently to set myself apart. You know, sales is hard. So you have to dedicate a lot of your personal time to it. It's important to target surgeons too that clearly use your product or service. So be smart about it. I always target the high volume users first, but also scatter in the low volume users because for a sales rep, especially in the medical device industry, sometimes it only takes one big conversion to lead you to the promised land and allow you to hit quota. Also know what products each and every one of the prospects are using. So if you have a product that has distinct advantages over a certain competitor, those surgeons are easier to convert which rolls me into my next point. Knowledge is power. You must know your competitor's products inside and out, but you also must know why your product can help your prospect treat his or her patient better. What pain points are they experiencing with the other company or rep? You must know that. So you can speak to it when you have FaceTime. And how do you figure this stuff out? You have to surround yourself with the surgeon's inner circle. I'm doing air quotes right now. By that, I mean you need to spend time in the clinics and build friendships with the staff that works around the surgeon. Are you good friends with the PA? You know, do you know what the medical assistant's hobbies are? Have you built enough rapport with the surgery scheduler that you know her son's name? Big things. You must become a part of that inner circle. When you do that, they will start to open up to you and tell you what the doctor is dealing with. Issues in the operating room with their current vendor, stuff that's going wrong. They will tell you what the doctor is like and how to approach them. Something that we will talk about in future episodes, I'm sure, is approaching every doctor is different because you have to match their personality style. You can figure that out from the people that work around that person. By growing closer to the staff, they'll also help you set up meetings with the doctor. That, that can be really hard, and they can make it happen with the snap of their fingers. Being strategic can also mean many other things. Corporate engagement initiatives, Zoom calls to tackle these tough COVID times. Could be referral-based selling, catching docs, not only at the clinic, but also at the scrub sink. The important first step is just to become a part of the DNA of that clinic. By obtaining information and growing close to the staff, they will tell you what you need to know to make an intelligent and calculated approach. Too many reps take this for granted, and they go directly towards the doctor without having a plan of action solidified. Sarah, do you got anything to add? 
I'm going to target this more and try to relate it to our audience. I think a lot of our audience are still listeners that are trying to break into this field. So what Scott just went over is basically the exact same as you should be attacking a specific job, right? It's not enough to just submit your resume into the job application portal. You know, sure, it's certainly part of the process, but if that is all you do and you end up actually getting the job, you probably should have just gone out and bought a lottery ticket instead and retire right there because that's how lucky you just got. You know, if you're attacking the hiring process correctly, you'll spend time and do your research to understand who's in the inner circle, again, air quotes, of the hiring manager. You know, much like once you break in, the physician is your end target. You know, once you're into the industry, the hiring manager is essentially your end target in the interview process. So just as the surgery scheduler, the MA, the PA, the office manager are all part of that inner circle of the physician, you have to think, who is that inner circle of the manager, the sales rep, even the associate sales rep, the internal recruiter, you know, the list goes on and on. So take the time to reach out to those individuals of the inner circle. Don't come across as you're doing it just because hopefully it'll get you to where you want to be, right? You have to be genuine in your approach. You know, I think a lot of reps in this industry tend to feel maybe a little entitled to information or they give off the vibe that they're superior and people can see right through that all day long. Do not be like those reps. You know, I'm sure that there are many reps out there that are incredibly successful that aren't genuine and don't take the time to learn about those, you know, helping the surgeon run his practice on a day-to-day basis. So I'm not saying that you won't be successful if you won't do this, but I'd be willing to bet that you will be a lot happier and you'll have a lot more fun in this job if you take the time to do that. I love that. Oh, that is so good. Please, whoever just heard that, listen to it and write it down. (laughs) Um, This is the truth. And like, you know, taking off the hats from medical device for a second, right? Doctors are people. Everybody in there. Exactly. Everyone's a person in there, right? Everyone wants to feel good. Everybody wants to be asked how their day is, right? It doesn't matter if it's the janitor or if it's the surgeon. It doesn't matter how much they're making. Everybody wants to just feel good. And that's one thing I can say about you both. I feel good after I talk to you guys, right? I feel like, man, they really cared about me. They took time to like learn my name, learn who I was. And I know it's the exact same thing you are doing with the doctors and the schedulers and everybody you're doing. And so that's one thing like you just said, right? If you're a new person trying to break in, one thing I really want to say is don't just write a message because everybody just writes a message, right? How can you relate it so you show that you did research, that you maybe made a connection somewhere and that you're not just trying to get something out of them? I know that's how you've had success with this as well. You're adding value to your surgeon, right? It's not you're just trying to get something from them. And I think that's something I really wanted to just touch on from what you guys were saying is there's so many nuggets in there, but just honestly talking about working so hard, but also caring about other people and it's going to make your business grow. And one thing, Scott, I do just want to touch on because of what you said, right? It's work ethic. It's discipline. It's what you guys are doing already. And I heard a quote the other day and it gave me chills. And and I just wanted to share this on the podcast for other people to hear. And it says, just think how frustrated you'll be if you want an above average job with an above average pay, but you want an average work ethic. And I bring that up because medical device sales is known for, it pays pretty good. It's a good lifestyle that it provides. But the amount of people I've personally talked to, and I know you guys have talked to as well, they want a nine to five job. 
This is not a nine to five job because guess what? If it's a nine to five job, you're going to be only working nine to five and you're going to make what nine to five makes. It's not. There's so much more that goes into it. Exactly. Taking time out of his weekends, personal time, so he can be successful, so he can be the number one. He's not just trying to fit in and say that he's a rep. He's trying to be the best of the best, right? And success leaves clues. The next one would be to seize the day and just be humble enough to realize that you're not the smartest person in the room. What do I mean by that? So when you do get the FaceTime with the prospect, which we haven't talked about yet, whether it is at the scrub sink, outside the clinic, could be in the parking lot, if you were that daring to hunt them down over there, or you successfully made it past the gatekeeper, you must ask and close for the meeting. You know, building rapport is definitely key, but you must also get the next step lined up. And we can talk about this later, but it's the same thing when you're hunting down that sales job. You have to try to get that next step lined up, right? Even in the interview process. And remember that fortune favors the bold. It's one of my favorite sayings. So ask for the next step. Also, don't be afraid to delay. So oftentimes prospects will ask, well, show me what you've got. And that gives them an easy out if they don't have a need for your product or service. If you haven't done your homework on this particular surgeon, you could be thrown into a meeting on the spot and be completely unprepared. If you are not ready to execute the meeting on your own, I've done this many times, you know, close for the meeting and then bring your management team in or clinical expert to help you crush that meeting. One thing that Sarah and I did really well together is I would go out there and get meetings lined up and I would bring Sarah in, who is a lot more clinically sound than I am. And she would close them for the next step based on the conversation. We would both build the relationship and Sarah would talk about the value and clinical reasons why the surgeons should consider our stuff. And then from there, we would always keep the relationship moving along, asking for the next step. It's very important to realize that sometimes it takes four to five next steps to get invited to the big dance. You know, it can mean a bunch of different yeses. I always focus on establishing the relationship first, then through good questions, determine where the gaps are. And then next, I just focus on showing the prospect why we have something that can help his or her patients. And then some of my favorite books of all time that I still lean on during those conversations are Spin Selling, The Challenger Sale, you know, highly recommend, look those up. They're great resources, but to be honest, most of the time, Sarah can agree, the interaction with a new prospect is just very down to earth. You know, it's organic and it's natural. It just flows. But the important part, in my opinion, is to build common ground with similar interests, build a genuine relationship and provide value for the surgeon. For example, that's providing new insight on how they can treat their patients better. Yeah. And Sarah, I would love to hear your thoughts on bringing it back to the audience, right? A couple different things. So, you know, the more you know before your first interaction, the more successful you're going to be, right? Like Scott said, you might get thrown on the spot for a first meeting. You know, if you don't know what the surgeon's using, if you haven't done your research, now you just look like an idiot and you try to wheel it back. Oh, well, let's just schedule a meeting at your clinic. You know, you try to get yourself out of the situation, but sometimes if they're giving you an opportunity, if you're prepared, take the opportunity and shine, right? You know, you don't always have to close for a case, you know, for those new reps out there. When we say close, we're not saying, you know, close for a case, close them to use your product. A successful close is just for another step in the process, dropping off samples, clinical articles, maybe a dinner, an office meeting, you know, maybe if you're catching them outside of the OR at the scrub sink. 
you know, I'm sure you've all heard the term always be closing. So if you're new, just don't take it so literally because that's what I did at first. And trust me, like I got stuck like a deer in the headlights. I looked stupid. And once I started to figure it out, then that's where you could become more comfortable and you become more successful at it. Also, you might come across as pushy and you don't want that to be your first interaction with them. Now you're kind of screwed for you know, time after that and the time after that. So you'll know when the right time is to close for product usage. And when that comes, just don't get intimidated. You got to do it. Yep. You got to be confident. And again, I just want to speak from personal experience. Like you guys are talking, right? If we're bringing it back to the new users, like a lot of people that I talk to, right? Listen to my podcast, it's new users. You have to know who you're talking to. Like you guys just said, right? That's why I was like, you might've missed your shot you look so disrespectful when you're asking for business and you don't know who you're asking the business from. And I just say that because, you know, I got this as one of the guys I used to work with in fitness was a pretty big deal. Right. And people would come in and they're like asking for thousands of dollars worth of money. And they didn't know. They're like, what do you do? Why is anyone going to give you money if you don't know what they're doing? So it's the exact same thing, right? If you're going to a doctor like Scott touched on, know the need know the need so you can speak to him. Now you can get in and just at least make that relationship. Now to my new users out there, when you're reaching out to someone, find something in common. Like that was my thing that I did very well. Guess what? LinkedIn tells you where they went to college at. LinkedIn tells you if they played a sport, make the connection because now you're trying to correlate something with them and make a relationship. So again, bringing it back, if you're trying to get that interview and you're talking to that hiring manager, find something out. If you're talking to a rep, find something out. Me being in strength and conditioning, luckily enough, I know a lot of strength coaches in a lot of places. And I normally knew someone in the strength and conditioning field at that school. Bring it up. Guess what? They're going to tell me about their experience at that school. You just listen. We just made a relationship. And now we can start moving forward. Yep. You're focusing on common interests. All that goes directly into the job search. I mean, it's, it's hard work and discipline was the first topic. And then being strategic then the last one was like kind of closing for the next step. You got to do all that in the interview process and in your job search when you're trying to break into this industry. It just, it relates right back into the job itself. And just to touch on that last point, closing, you have to close. It's not an option. I've even talked to people. They were told they had the job in the interview, but they didn't close it. And guess what? They were waiting for an email. They didn't do a follow-up email. And guess what? They never got the job. And we were talking too previously about this. People won't close, even if they're not told, hey, you know, you're our guy, you're our gal. They won't close. And you'll ask them, well, why didn't you close? And they'll come back with, oh, well, you know, the conversation was just so good and we hit it off. Guess what? You're interviewing with a sales individual, right? That's what they do. They connect with people. They make other people feel good. You are no different. You have to close. You have to make it happen. And and just even, let's let's just bring it back to the job because I know, Scott, you get this all the time, and right? And I'm learning this as you go. Most people want to be nice to you too. So they're going to be sure. I'll set something up and you never hear from them again. And that was, now they're a ghost. They're relators. Yep. Or it's uh, Hey, yeah, I'll give your product a shot. You know, we'll be in touch and you will never hear from that doctor again. So I think that was just something that a great point that you put in. But like, again, I just like Sarah's doing a great job is just see the correlation. It's not only just when you're the top rep, if you're the new person breaking in, or if you're the person in, it all correlates with itself trying to be successful in this field to get into this field. 
there's no secret formula, right? I mean, the formula is pretty obvious, right? We just discussed it. Yeah. You just got to do it. Just got to do it. You're going to fail your way to success. I love that. Yes. That's what's going to happen, right? There's a lot of phone calls I never got returned. You got to love the word no. Yep. I mean, you just got to, you almost got to make a game of it. Yep. Like how many no's can I get? And I'm just, I love it. Just keep bringing the no's. And what you've probably heard a million times, that no gets you closer to the next yes. That's the mindset you have to have. I personally believe, especially if you're going to go in sales, because you're going to get told no a hundred times. And you know what? You're probably going to get told some nasty names and not the nicest things. And you just got to figure it out and keep going for that yes. That's why you broke in, man, because you had that mentality. Jacob, thank you so much, man. I'm going to leave you like I will after every episode with a sincere thank you for tuning in and a little food for thought to carry along with you for the rest of the day. Michael Phelps once said, there will be obstacles. There will be doubters. There will be mistakes, but with hard work, there are no limits. <laughs>